Okay, hello listeners and welcome to our annual Album of the Year episode. We're going to talk about some of the best albums from 2019, well supposedly some of the best albums from 2019 today. Uh, I'm Fran Slater and I'm here with Matthew Paul. Hello, hello. Matthew. How are Hi. you? I'm good. Very good, very good. And Nicholas Parker, how are you Nicholas? I'm doing extremely well, thank you very much for asking. Extremely well, I'm really pleased to hear that. Okay, so all three of us are shortly going to tell you our Albums of the Year. But we, as we, all, we do every year, we've also picked um, a few the other magazines and, and newspapers and whatever picked as their album of the year. So those are from Flood magazine, Wise Blood with Titanic Rising. From Associated Press, there's Ari Lennox with Sheer Butter Baby. From KCRW, there's Brittany Howard with a French word that I think is Jem. It's Jamie. It's the name Jamie. Okay, Jamie. There you go. There's my French lesson for the day. Um, from Billboard, there is Thank You Next by Ariana Grande. Piccadilly Records, which is a record store in Manchester, uh, went with WH Lung's Incidental Music. And then the New York Times chose A Thousand Gex by A Hundred Gex or A Hundred Gex by A Thousand Gex. Anyone know? One of them, I'm not sure. The band's called A Hundred Gex. Okay, there we go. Um, and yeah, while I'm remembering, please also go and check us out on our website, pickybees.com, and yeah, we'll get going. Yeah. So we're going to do this in a bit of a round robin, a few questions, which we'll each get a minute and a half to answer. And the simply simple question to start with is, what was your album, your favourite album of 2019? And I'm going to go to Nick to start with. Go, Nick, minute and a half now. Okay, my time has started. I'm going to go with Clipping, There Existed an Addiction to Blood, which is, um, to be honest, the most unusual album I have heard in a very, very long time. It is full of extremely odd shapes of sounds um, built in really random ways. It is, um, it is, there's nothing else you'll hear like it this year. It, it lyrically um, dances circles around everything else um, I've heard this year. It is uh, the flow is also unparalleled in how fast and tight it is. Uh, its beats are really exciting and also really uh, odd and out of place in certain points. It's not always even. I'll, I'll definitely concede. There's certainly some parts that are really hard to hear. Lots of parts that are very hard to hear. Uh, but the highs are so high that it's really uh, carries itself as the best album for me. All in Your Head and La Mala Ordina might be the best two songs of the year, both. And they're both on the same album. So, um, yeah, I've got lots and lots of lyrics I'd like to recite, but I've only got 90 seconds, so I'll probably leave it at that. Clipping. Fantastic. You could fit in a couple of lyrics. No, I've got like a, no? I've got like pages of them, so I'll, I'll never get them in <laughs> time. If I start now, I'll, I'll never get to the end. Okay, okay. So, Clipping, There Existed an Addiction to Blood. Okay, Matthew, what was your album of the year? Uh, my album of the year was Billie Eilish's album, When We All Fall Asleep, Where Do We Go? Um, and what really struck me about this album is it's a, a very, uh, it's a very much a pop product, but at the same time, it's incredibly uh, genuine and authentic. I think pop pop music is very much having a bit of a heyday at the moment, but this this album managed to create this very diverse range of songs that... It was all very personal, but also also very relatable at the same time. And getting all of these things tied up in this uh, neat neat album, I think really it 
kind of adds to this big appeal of the album. It means you can have these soaring pop moments, but really it, it strikes you hard at the same time. Um, some of it can be totally badass. Some of it's totally heart-wrenching. It's never bland. Um, and unsurprisingly, uh, it seems to me that a lot of the production is influenced by one of my favorite artists of the decade, Bon Iver. And so I, I can see a lot of that in this album as well. Interesting. Um, so if you see like this song, uh, When the Party's Over, to me that just sounds like Creeks. Um, and so someone who's influenced by the album of the, my decade, of the decade, for me, um, it's unsurprising. I think it's one of the albums of the year. Wow. Nice. Interesting. Smooth as you, well. Smooth had, delivery there, Matt. Very mm, nice. You had two yeah. seconds left then. I've not nice got to use my alarm yet, which is upsetting me. Oh, I'd oh. like to use my alarm soon, please, but one of you needs to time me. Okay, um, I've got you. Yeah. time you because ready? I can't work out to operate a timer. So. Ready, Fran? I'm ready, mate. Go. So, yeah, 2019 has been my favourite year for music in a really long time. Uh, there were loads of albums on my shortlist for deciding the album of the year. Aldous Harding, Big Thief, The National, The Twilight Sad and Little Sims, to name but a few. Uh, but in the end, I had to go with an album that's been an absolutely huge part of my year and one that totally took me by surprise. And that album was Compliments, Please, by Self Esteem. So for me, often the albums that speak to me the most in a year are the ones that tug on my emotions, the ones that feel brave. And often, in, with my taste, that results in some pretty somber music. But Compliments, Please is extremely brave for a whole host of reasons, but it isn't somber, uh, not in its sound anyway. I mean, this is a really fun, energetic album. It's musically diverse. It touches on a host of genres and it has absolutely incredible harmonies throughout. Um, but for me, this album went from really good to be my album of the year when I saw Self-Esteem live. Watching them perform three times, in fact, this year and seeing what these songs mean to Rebecca Taylor, the, the woman behind the band, seeing how much of herself she's put into them and how much fun she has performing them was an absolute joy. Um, so the album takes on several extra levels once you see them live and once you know the stories behind it. So Rebecca was in a band called Slow Club for years, feeling creative, creatively stifled in a sort of indie folk band and uh, not able to put her touch on much of the music. And then she came out with this. And I just find it so powerful in so many ways. It touches on the freedom, freedom she's feeling creatively, but it's just a hugely powerful album with an amazing message. Whoa, that was like perfect timing. Really? Pat, you were still talking. I had like <laughs> my last word time. as failure. it went off, which Up is just failure. fantastic. Okay, so that's all of our albums of the year, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So what do we want to talk what do we want to talk about first? Should we go back to clipping? Sure. Let's yeah, start with that we'll So what are your thoughts? Matt? Um Can I... you talk about clipping at this stage? Is it not in one of the other categories? Can, I I can. I can yeah. talk about clipping. Go for um, it. Um I really enjoyed this album. I thought it was uh, dark and sinister and kind of full of doom and haunting and kind of in a mechanical sense. The sounds that you talked about were, yeah, it was full of very interesting, uh, like, machinery almost. It sound, mm. sounded very mechanistic and industrial. Um, and I, we should mention that the album is based around horror movies as a concept through the whole film, the whole uh, album. Okay. Just to say, it fits with what you're saying, I think, Matt. Yeah, yeah, and it felt, it felt just, yeah, it felt very overbearing, and um, it does definitely capture a mood, um, which almost fit into my mood of 2019. Uh, <laughs> but what was that mood? 
dark and depressing. Okay. <laughs> nice. You always sound so happy. Well, well, it was a good year and a bad year. Who knows? Okay. Okay. Uh, you have to see what I actually picked. Um, but yeah, it actually the one thing it did it reminded me a lot of the music coming. From, you talked about how unique it is. It actually reminded me a lot of music coming from uh, the Doomtree Collective. Oh yeah. Stuff like POS and Dessa. Oh. Um, okay. I think a lot of their production is very similar to this, um, with this kind of harder edge rap, um, with more bare bare bones uh, production. I'd say. Some, some of it reminds me of Young Fathers as well, in, in parts. Yeah, I can um, see that. Yeah. yeah. Okay, are you done, Matt? Yep. So, okay, I mean, I, I had mixed feelings on this album. Um, I think it has some really, really strong moments. For me, particularly the songs Nothing Is Safe and Blood of the Fang. Yeah. But they are two really strong tracks, and they show this group at the best. His flow is fantastic, particularly on those two tracks again. But then I did find it kind of one note over times um he dead and club down are two songs that i really picked out as ones that i found a bit a bit basic a bit boring oh club uh, down club down yeah what are you saying yeah to me? well you're gonna get even I more did, i did the review on that one and referred to a load of lyrics from club down which are okay. possibly the strongest lyrics in the whole album so right which I'm well to recite if you'd like but i don't think it's gonna go, go for it go for right it now. go for it you want me to yeah, share it, man. I mean, okay. The schoolyard reeks of sewage, broken pipes, broken promises. A thin man staggers lucid for this time of night. Dying vomit dangles from the beard, sleep, mumbles, shuffle, uh, trip. But the trajectory is clear. He's headed for the covered steps. Tut tut, it looks like rain. And he remembers A. Milne each time the sky is this kind of grey. Or uh, that or his favourite film, Gene Kelly leaping technicolour through the fray and feeling glorious. The story is an allegory for his days, but night is coming now. Come on. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna argue that there's some me. good lyrics, right? But it's for me, and you're gonna get even more angry in a second, I think, because <laughs> um, on other occasions, and you just mentioned. I don't know if you mentioned both these songs, but I'm gonna pick out the songs "Run for Your Life," "La Mala Ordina," and "The Show." When his flow is really, really good. Yeah. I found the beats extremely thin and quite uninteresting. The Malardina's beats, oh my god! Yeah, right. So for me, I felt like I felt like a lot of the album felt like a bit of a wasted opportunity. I felt a really talented MC, but a tendency to lean on basic beats. Uh, and in my opinion, some of the experimentation is not really that interesting. A lot of stuff felt a bit bolted on. Um, wow. But none of that to say I didn't like the album at all. I did like it. It just didn't blow me away. And I think there's really strong parts, and then parts that for me didn't didn't quite do did you, as well i was expecting you to really enjoy it fran did you enjoy piano burning the last song i just is, that is not even worth talking about is it that's <laughs> that's just the, the sound of a piano burning for 18 yeah, minutes and one second it's the absolute height of just let's just do this stupid thing and pretend that we're experimenting when actually we're just burning a piano it just doesn't speak to me no. it sounds beautiful that track it's got some really beautiful moments yeah that, the yeah the yeah no no <laughs> It really Same, does. I'm not even joking. There are parts of that song that I really like. How many times do you listen to the whole thing? The I'm not going to listen to all of it all the time, but I'm just saying it's got some bits that are fun and cool. Fair enough. Okay. There. Yeah. Well, there's where I landed on that. Um, okay. Nick, can you speak about Billie Eilish? I can. Um, so the first time I came into contact with Billie Eilish was on the NME, which basically ran her as a cover story every week for about six months before yeah. the album even came out. 
Uh, and it was just yeah. a total menswear situation. If any of you, if either of you are old enough to know menswear, the band that grew in the 90s. I remember menswear, but I don't know what the situation is. The situation was about that NME went on and on about fucking menswear really? every week but for they went, about a they, year. And they, ended they were up very average, almost, weren't they? Exactly. They almost ended up going almost nowhere. So I was really, really frustrated with Billie Eilish before I'd heard any of the music, just thinking, oh, it's not yeah. a fucking menswear situation where anyone's just <laughs> gone off on one. I also saw her perform on a, just on YouTube after she had done the Glastonbury set she did this year, uh, yeah. doing Bad Guy. Uh, and that was the first song I'd ever heard. I'd never heard the album at that point. And I would say that in general, it was really pretty overblown. I felt like she was doing a lot of leaping around to a song that didn't really suit it like trying to throw herself into it. So I was quite disappointed with that. That said, when I got into the album properly, I really quite liked it. Um, okay. It was actually, okay. uh, I thought it was really mature for somebody her age. As far as I know, she's, she's pretty young, isn't she? She's like she just turned years. 18, she's just turned okay, 18 right. a few so weeks ago. It's very mature then for somebody mm. her age. Um, there were some really interesting lyrics and stuff that was that were fled, threaded through. I know she produced it with her brother, didn't she? I understand. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. he did some really good work on it as well. But um there were some lyrics that I loved, like the, there's this countdown sort of metaphor in Wish You Were Gay, which I thought was really well done. Like, these five words are the words that I can't say to you, and these six things are that It went, sort of went up and down these numbers, that scales, which I thought was really cleverly done, as a conceit. So that was really good. Mm. Um, yeah, so in general, I thought it was, it was really clever and um, really enjoyed it. I will say that I don't hear the Bonnie Verse so much as I potentially hear XX in it. Um, yeah. And I don't think that's a good thing. I haven't picked out either of those two things, and I'm still struggling to hear either of them, but I love okay. both of them, so, you know. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, so I don't know. So XX stuff I was less interested in because I just felt like it's a little bit thin production-wise, but no, it was it, overall I enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. Okay, Good. brilliant. Either of you want to speak about self-esteem? Do you want to speak about Billie Eilish, Fran? I can't speak about Billie Eilish right oh, now because it'll be one of, my, one, of my, to, one of my favourite questions. You're trying to subtly gloss over it i okay. was but you pointed out so <laughs> yeah well we need to make it clear oh okay anyone okay. self-esteem matt self-esteem yeah. yeah i can talk self-esteem uh, i love this oh it's 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 a great album did um, you know it already nope no huh? nope nope so it's i think it's uh it's pretty just straight up indie pop and it's pretty forceful i'd say though it's pr- yeah. very like uh in your face full of story it's not crazy like complicated so no. it's really like easy for like for someone like me <laughs> to, to really get on board with it <laughs> okay um, i don't know what that means well i i think it's like it, lyrically it's super evocative and it does mm. you don't need to sit down with a dictionary and think about this poetry it's it's very straightforward and conjures up emotions without you even having to. Uh, it's a very okay. just immediate. Yeah, uh, yeah, I agree. And like every time I listen to it, I'd, I'd write in my notes, "Oh, this is now my favorite song." Then uh, uh. I switch, and now, now this is actually my favorite song. <laughs> wow. um, what did you settle on? Uh, wrestling. Okay. Cool. And I think it's, it has a really nice, like '90s callback vibe to it, uh, which which I enjoyed a lot. Um, it's it's a long album, but I think consistently good. And uh, even though maybe like the, my only criticism would be that for this genre, maybe it doesn't do enough to make it stand out from the crowd. But at the same time, it it's very 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 good. So I yeah, I think that's if you like, were, oh. if you saw the live show, that I think that's where she does really stand out. But I think yeah um, yeah yeah. 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 
don't know if they've been yeah. to America much yet, but um, but yeah. Hopefully soon. Mm. Well, I, I think I already know Nick, what Nick will say about this album, but you know, oh. let's give him a chance to, to have a go. Give him a chance to speak. Thanks so much. It's very yeah. kind of you. Um, yeah, so uh, I actually, in my typical way, forgot who had picked what of these these nine albums, of who had actually picked them as their favourite and stuff versus yes. the ones that come out publications. Yeah. And then only when I saw you on Saturday, Fran, did I realise when you mentioned in passing you would pick self-esteem. Yeah. Uh, and I will say that at that moment, <laughs> I then felt like a sinking feeling of like, oh, shit, because I'm going to have to really, really <laughs> slay this album. <laughs> because, yeah, well, I've never expected you to like it, okay, so it's okay. Well, that's, yeah. then I'm happy to fulfil the uh, expectation. Yeah. So it was extremely grating, I found, almost all the way through, particularly... <laughs> Particularly the double vocals, which ran through everything, overly loud and just production-wise, very, very like gratingly forceful and in your face all the way through, which I found really difficult to get on with. In in loads of songs, not I mean, um, from the start onwards, really, it was tons of that of that problem. So that's a production issue and not really a songwriting problem, I suppose you'd say. But a lot of it is. Um, quite the beats are pretty weak which is funny you should say about clipping <laughs> but the, beat, the beats are pretty weak they sound really dated to me um and some of the songs uh, and i did actually write down wrestling funnily enough matt um i found to be pretty kind of cheesy but i think the oh, worst one was she reigns. in the best way <laughs> she's in a good way man she reigns to be the worst one that's an absolute cheese factory Particularly at the, the end when it has this like 80s, like Joe Satriani stroke Steve Vai type guitar solo all over it, which is just the most like cheesy <laughs> thing I've ever heard in my life. It's unbelievable. So, so I found it pretty torturous. And, um, you know, it was close to being my, which I'm most surprised to see at the top of an annual year list, but thankfully it dodged that bullet. But uh, no, I'm so happy I'm right now. It, I'm this... afraid it didn't work out for me at all. <laughs> this makes me so, so happy that I put you through that for, for I know a month. you did, you really did. But I, I mean, I, really... I will say that it must be a testament to our friendship that I was actually slightly, slightly concerned when I realized how bad I was going to slate it and then realized it was No, no. <laughs> you know, it, part, it, actually, when I was deciding between a few albums, one of the things that pushed us over the edge was I can annoy Nick. <laughs> For a oh, month yeah. as well. I can't quite you decide between Big Thief and Self Esteem, so yeah. I'll choose the one that'll annoy Nick for a month. So. That's true. Yeah. But yeah, like was... um, the best is is a good example of the of the both the weak beats and the overly loud double vocals. Oh, the best is just the best song on yeah. the album. That's so really well, maybe it's the best yeah. song on the album. That's possible. <laughs> I wanted to give you that. I mean, I, I held back a bit. Surprised on you picked it, Fran. Yeah. 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 Because it is it is sugar sweet pop and. Mm. That, like yeah. you said in your intro to it, that is not your that is not your wheelhouse normally. No, definitely not. But I'm glad you did. Well, yeah, me too. Okay, <laughs> cool, brilliant. Let's move on to the next question. Yes. So uh, we're going to start with you, Matt, and yeah. the question is: Which album felt the most relevant to 2019 to you? Um, Go. So the most 2019 album for me was uh, 100 Gex with a thousand Gex, okay. and that's because. It just was a mad album. Um, <laughs> and this has just been a mad year, just ups and downs and all sorts. And it, at times it felt like the cast of Looney Tunes had made an album. <laughs> uh, and they were almost like trolling the, the music itself. Um, and it's surprisingly aggressive. Like when I first listened to it, uh, the first song, and just seeing how it developed into just this kind of mess that was attacking me. Um, it's so over the top. 
and they kind of instead of like instead of just like turning up to max volume they're like going up to double max volume on everything <laughs> every part but that said i found it really addictive and i found it really stuck in my head a lot of these songs along with one other artist which we haven't talked about yet okay these were the two artists i had stuck in my head all the time and and so i, d I don't know what that means i don't know if there's something <laughs> wrong with me <laughs> but i actually kind of like this and i think i kind of liked it quite a lot is, is that way is that where you're finishing yeah that's where i'm finishing <laughs> Still haven't got to use my alarm. No, okay, alarm fair enough. Right, okay, so um, I'm going to answer this question next. So whoever's timing me, um, please get on yeah. with it. Go so on. for me, I had to reach slightly to answer this question as I found it harder than I have in other years. I think that was partly none of the albums felt as political as some of the ones in other Album of the Year episodes. Yeah. Uh, none of them felt like they really grabbed something about the year for me. So the album I'd pick as most relevant would be Ariana Grande's Thank You Next, but that's relevant to me personally in some ways. And I think there's a couple of reasons for this. The main one I think is that I started working for a young person's mental health charity this year. And a lot of the things that Ariana sings about on the album seem to reflect a lot of the things that young people seem to be struggling with a bit, at the bit, in, a bit in society, I can't speak. Um, I think songs like Fake Smile and Ghosting are the best examples of what I'm talking about particularly fake smile and its discussion of how like social media means that you're always having to put on emotions that aren't really there rather than being yourself. Um, and I think for me, these are some things that I might have found slightly trivial in this kind of music in the past, but now I can sort of see the effect they're having on young people um, through the work I do. And I also wonder if that's why in 2019 I've, I've started to enjoy pop music a bit more myself. Um, I think I've started to understand it a bit more and I think, that's why I chose this as my most 2019 album, because I actually enjoyed it a lot more than I expected to. Um, I think 2019 might be the year I stopped being a snob about pop music. I mean, don't get me wrong, there are a few songs that I really didn't like on this album, but songs like those I've already, already mentioned were really good. And I think Bad Ideas are totally bad. Oh, I didn't hear that. You're over. Your alarm is not loud enough. I'm sorry. But yeah, Bad Ideas. Just scream down the mic at him. Yeah, yeah scream next time. Say alarm. Scream yeah. next time. So yeah, that's that's me. That's me. Nick, give me a second to get my alarm ready. Okay. One that actually one that actually makes a sound. Okay. Unlike Matt's. And you can start now, which was the most relevant to 2019. I'm gonna go with and it is a stretch, I think uh, this category is a stretch for me as well, for the reasons you gave. And unfortunately I'm gonna go with Ariana Grande as okay. well. Okay, okay. Um, and I will say also similarly that I didn't hate this album as much as I feared I would. I really was nervous um, that we were gonna have to listen to something absolutely unbearable for the whole uh, month. I mean, you know, it was self-esteem, I suppose. We didn't have to do that. Um, you tried to pick Taylor well. Swift, so... Um, but yeah, so uh, I thought it was... Um, I thought it had a lot of topics that seemed to come across in a lot of um, pop music that, I, you know, you hear here and there that just seemed a bit, like, tired and... I say tired, a bit, a bit clichéd. Um, but I thought that was very much what it feels to me like a lot of music is about at the moment anyway. So in that sense, although I'm not saying I like the album particularly, but I think it was quite um, 2019 in a way. Um, okay. And also I thought, um, I mean, there was still stuff that was really grating, even though I, I didn't hate it. For example, the whistle octave <laughs> stuff she does, uh, which she does in um, Imagine. 
uh, yeah. is is hellish, um, and just reminds me, <laughs> just reminds me of the Mariah Carey nightmare that I've I've lived in the past. So of hearing that out that song, uh, all I want for Christmas is you with her whistling all over it, octave stuff. Uh, so yeah, anyway, so it was um, that was pretty annoying, but um, overall I felt like it was um, it was okay, and it was very much what I would expect somebody who's in pop music to do. At the my alarm has been used, and I don't know how to stop it. No, I do. Okay. Okay, brilliant. So that's two Ariana Grandes and one 100 yeah. decks. Yes. Yeah. Um, can you talk about Ariana Grande, Matthew? Or, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll, we'll start with that. Um, I I think I can uh, reiterate some of the things you guys said. I, I thought there were some great songs, some lyrical depths I wasn't quite expecting. And... Um, She's like a yeah headline pop pop artist, um, and so there comes a certain judgment with that. But I, I think personally, I've liked judge uh, liked pop music for a while. And going on from your point, Fran, it might not just be that you can understand it better. I think pop is really yeah, getting maybe. better, just getting better in general. Maybe um, that's part of it. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah, people are putting way more authenticity into it as opposed to. Hey, let's just have like a catchy chorus. Um, I can see that. People... It, did, it did sound like yeah. It did sound like um, that. I don't know if this is true, but it sounded like the songs were written by her and not by like a you know fifty-year-old music producer who just asked her to sing it afterwards. You know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. She's a bit more real in that sense. I think she has co-writing credit on all the songs because mm. yeah, she and I think to go to that point as well. I think when I think back to the pop music when I was growing up, things like Britney and she was singing about things that didn't mean anything yeah. really like toxic and songs like that which just the lyrics were just words sort of glued together weren't they so I think maybe that's, innuendo that's, really was most yeah. of those songs yeah. really yeah yeah so maybe you got some of uh, them out here but yeah the only thing I'd add is it, uh, specifically about this, the title song Thank You Next I think I haven't heard really a song touch on those specific kind of feelings mm. yeah uh, in such a way before and I thought it was uh, incredibly healthy and honest portrayal of relationships and how they grow, develop, and come to an end. And yep. considering how public her love life, I don't know how big it's. You've seen it, but um, it's been very public over here. How like her exes have one of them died, one of them was on SNL, and she almost got married to him. Yeah. Like, and so it was all very, very public. But then to come out with a song like that. And to actually, yeah, put some of that to rest in a very, like, truthful but like productive way. It's I, I was super impressed. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. Yeah. Nick, a hundred gecks, Nick. Or I'll talk about that later. Yes, yeah, so will I. Uh, um, <laughs> okay, we'll move on to the next question, which um, is I'm going to go first here. So, what was your best new discovery? So, Matt, tell me when you're ready for me to go. Okay. Um, okay. So, okay, I'd listened to the Billie Eilish album once before, but I'm picking it as my favourite new discovery because my feelings about it now are wildly different from they were after that previous listen. So for me, this was by far the most exciting album on this list. It was the one I wanted to get to every time I listened to the playlist, and it was the one I listened to the most by far. I think she's just doing something so different to other people out there at the minute. Um, songs like Bad Guy, You Should See Me in a Crown... All the Good Girls Go to Hell and My Strange Addiction are just really exciting. I think they're pop, but they're stretching the genre and bringing elements of other music. I hadn't thought of the XX or 
Bonnebert, like you guys just mentioned, but you know, she's doing some really interesting things that I find difficult to define in genre in some ways. Mm. And yet yeah, someone at the age of 17 can release an album like this is, is incredibly impressive. Um, I did want to point out that it's a bit weird that Matt's ch- chosen 17-year-old girls as his album of the year two years in a row. Um, well, pick last year, remind me who he picked last year. Well, this one is vastly Let's superior to Let's Eat Grandma from last year. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Vastly superior to that album. I but, agree um, yeah. I want to say, I just think it's also really fresh, refreshing to see a star such as this actually deserving the hype she's receiving and um, yeah. I, me understanding that hype for once. Um, I just think it's a really exciting album. And yeah, definitely my best discovery on the list. Done. Good job. Nice. Nicholas, nice. in one second, Nicholas. You go, Nick. Okay, so that my pick for a favourite new discovery was WH Lung. Um, I had uh, heard about it a little bit beforehand, but not heard it. And uh, when I first got the f- through the first time, I was really quite disappointed and felt like it sounded like it had no teeth, like it was kind of like quite weedy and sort of weak vocally in particular. And I found that kind of irritating. Uh, but over time, it really, really warmed to it, um, and I ended, ended up really liking its kind of smoothness. It was kind of a, it's kind of like a mellow version of more recent horrors stuff, um, and I'm really big fan of horrors. Um, so it's not got that, quite that gothic tinge, but I still think it has some really kind of nice builds and nice uh, sonic kind of palette that's, that I really quite um, found really compelling all the way through. So yeah, I think um, Bring It Up is the, probably the best example of the horrors reference I was talking about, by the way. Uh, but overall, yeah, I think it was it was something that that um, I'll come back to many many times in the future, I'm sure. And it's also the first time um, Piggly Records have picked something <laughs> for their top list that I didn't hate in the last few years. So I'm very pleased about that as well. Okay. Okay. Cool. Nice. Okay, Matt. Same question to you. What was your favourite discovery from the list? Go. Uh, mine was uh, Brittany Howard's Jamie. Um, yeah. I had Jamie. Hurry up. Hurry up. I'd never really been into Alabama Shakes before, so I kind of ignored this album, even though a lot of people have recommended it to me. Um, but actually sitting down and focusing on it, it's it's different uh, to her like previous stuff with her band, and it's actually way more interesting. There's this really great mix of like uh, funk and soul songs. Um, I think the album has a really great balance throughout. And then the content of the songs are so, so personal and so um, important, I think. Each tell a story incredibly effectively. Um, my This, I feel like, is the only, only album uh, on this list that would now be in my top 10 of the year, oh. apart from Billie Eilish. Um and it, it definitely pushed itself in there because it's just, I think, irresistible. Um, for me, uh, the best track on there is uh, Goathead. The way she describes the intricacies of being uh, biracial and the pressure from both sides of uh, her, her heritage. And it's both raw and sensitive, but also defiant. It's, it's just it's pretty sensational. Do you know what? I mean, you're making a really good point there, so I think I'll... Let you, I'll allow you to finish that point if you would like. I'm just saying it is sensational. That's, okay. yeah. That's it. Okay. Okay. One word. Okay, so that means we've already spoken about Billie Eilish. Um, yeah. Do yeah. we want to go on to 
Should we go Brittany Howard? Carry on where we were? Yeah, sure. Sure. Do you want me to jump in? I'll jump in here. Yeah, go for it. Um, Okay, so on the surface, I should really love this album. And I was really excited when I first read about it. I think an album that looks at the links between today's political climate and that of the past, looks at racism and homophobia, and does it all in kind of an experimental and exciting way. I mean, it really should be my kind of thing, and I should love it. But... And I do love parts of it. Matt's just mentioned Goathead. Um, it's amazing, an amazing song. I put out the lyrics, My mama was brave to take me outside because mama is white and daddy is black. When I first got made, I guess I might made these folks mad. I think she yeah. starts the song with that, and I think it's amazing, really powerful. I'm a big fan of the song He Loves Me. Um, I think a song that you know is affirming her God still loves her despite her sexuality, her drinking, yeah. and loads of other sins that she mentions. Again, it's, it's really powerful. I really like those two songs, and there are a few others that I like, even if I don't love. Um, she's really soulful. Her voice is really powerful. But there are a few songs that just don't do that much for me. I think 13th century metal is a bit of a mess. Um, it's great. No, it's a mess. It's great. <laughs> I think Presence feels a bit over the top, and I think Baby just feels a bit nothingy. So in the end, it wasn't personally quite as good as I hoped it was going to be and as good as I kind of thought it was on my first couple of listens. Um, I admire it and I get why others admire it, but I don't, I don't think it's that likely that I'll, I'll listen to it again, even though I do admire it. So, yeah, a bit of a mixed bag for me. What about you, Nick? Okay, um, so it's interesting. I think the use of the word mess is quite interesting when you said which song were you talking about again 13th century um, metal 13th yeah. century yeah. metal yeah yeah so I, I wouldn't specifically apply it to that song per se but I, I think I'm thinking about what that word really means and to me the issue with this album is that it's very much a loose kind of jam and like mm. and there's mm. a lot of sort of flowing sort of moves in and out of structures and, and kind of like wanders around a lot and, and to me that might be another way of saying it's a mess so for, for me, for me, a lot of the, um, I mean, if Ghost I just Stone, said it in less words <laughs> from the start. Yeah, exactly. So from the start, the history repeats, I felt like it was a, it really was, I know that's an opener of course, but I feel like that was really like a, a good, a sort of jam track, a, jam, a song where they were pulling things together as they were recording it and then finalized things. Um, and when I think of a jam and that a lot of people, of course, justifiably like jams in music, that's fine. That's not really my thing at all. When I think of a jam, I just think of the Spin Doctors. Does anyone know who that is? Or am I too no, old? A little bit, but not too a lot. Old. All right, well, anyone who references, you know, Spin Doctors will understand what I mean, I think. They're, they're a jam band that became like an indie sensation in the 90s. And yeah. I feel like they, it just gave the impression, it gives the impression that the content, although I understand the profundity of it, the content is actually playing sort of second fiddle to a lot of just... Uh, this is going to sound harsh than it means to a lot of kind of whoops and kind of flourishes lyrical sorry vocal and instrumental that are not really that effective as songwriting Mm. elements so there were songs I really liked like Short and Sweet I thought was was really very beautiful and her vocals are undoubtedly really remarkable she's got she's got quite a talent but I just found it both lyrically and musically quite wandering Um, there are lots of kind of another example is Stay High um, which is kind of has all these kind of drifting elements um, of lyrics that I just felt like were just put in so she could do more of her beautiful vo- vocals. So that's a, that's a pity, I feel like. So, yeah, I, I didn't really love it in the end, as you can tell. Yeah, I think I liked it a little bit more than you, but I think a lot of what you said there just makes sense to me. I think it's that sort of... Um... 
looseness all the way through that never really ties it fully together and then that's why I think there's real standout moments but yeah a little bit all feels, over the place it feels unfinished almost that's the word mm. for it but it feels like yeah. a, load of, a load of interesting demos mm. well recorded interesting demos wow. I, think, I think me and Nick just agreed you guys on are wrong yeah we agreed on Ariana Grande as well you agreed but, but you were yeah. wrong so like does it count I think it does Matt, I think it's two votes it, it, one. yeah it counts I mean this I, I, I like it more than you Nick <laughs> I would say because I don't think it's, but I still yeah I'm not going to totally vote against it. But mm-hmm. yeah, um, okay, Matt, cool. do you want to talk about WH Long incidental music or? Uh, no. No. Okay, I will oh, no. talk about. <laughs> so I think we all know what's coming in the last so questions. Sad. But, um, I'm so disappointed. Okay. Okay, so WH Long for me, it took me by surprise actually. There were a lot of factors that made me think I wouldn't like it. Um, one of them. Nick's mentioned was that Piccadilly, <laughs> Piccadilly Records had chosen it as the number one. You are, been by a, the way, an excellent record shop. Excellent record shop. Ter- into, and I love it. And usually their top ten records of the year are brilliant, apart from the number one, which they just always <laughs> seem to give to someone who they know. Um, and I think they might know WH yeah. Long because they are from Manchester, but still. They are from Manchester, yeah. Um, but yeah, the album was also reviewed on our website by James, and he didn't hate it, but he kind of seemed to see it as derivative of a lot of other artists mainly from the 80s, and I can kind of see that. There's a really familiar sound with this band, and there are times when it makes me think of The Cure, times when it reminds me of Talking Heads. And there's even a couple of occasions where it reminds me of a more recent band in Wild Beasts. But actually, I see these all as influences rather than the band being derivative. Um, I think they have their own sound. I think it's exciting. I think it's fun. I was rarely concentrating on the lyrics, but when I did, I think they showed some potential. But what was really interesting to me is how they made some really quite long songs stay interesting, intriguing. Mm. For me, often when we listen to bands with really long songs, um, Swans, people like that, it's stuff that I struggle a little bit with. But I think um, songs like Nothing Is and Simpatico People, they really keep up the energy and make enough changes for it to be really worth listening to. Um, I think it's almost like a wall of sound at times, but I think it really works. And yeah, this is a debut though, and there are parts where it doesn't work as well, but overall this was a lot better than I thought it was going to be. Do you see the Horrors yeah. references at all, or are you that familiar with the Horrors? I'm not that familiar with the Horrors. Oh, okay. um, they only start, you know, I keep meaning to listen to them, but yeah. you play them to me a few times and I like the sound of the Horrors. But Maybe I, I'll I don't do them for a while, I love at some point. Yeah, yeah that'd be really good. I don't know them well enough yeah. for to comment. Uh, I think Matt knows them quite well. I do. Yeah. Mm. And I think he might disagree with you, but let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so... Loads of surprises, I'm sure, coming yeah, up. Right. <laughs> but we're going to go to which album we were the most surprised to see on an end-of-year list. And we're going to start with Matt, but it might need to give me just a couple of seconds to find where our time is going. Okay, Matt, which album were you most surprised to see at the top of, at the top of an album of um, the year list? Go. I was most surprised to see WH Long. Really? Come yeah. on. Big surprise. Um, and so I actually picked this because they weren't just picked by Piccadilly Records. They were picked by Resident Records, mm. who are a record shop in Brighton, which I used to go to. And okay. normally I trust their picks. Um, and I'd say I did like this uh, album. I thought it was good. I had a kind of a little bit of a holy fuck vibe around them. Okay. Um, they had this kind of the, the deep floating kind of processional beats that seems to be a cornerstone of uh, this style of music it is there and it works well for like this kind of ch- it's almost chanting style of music. It feels almost religious, but electronic. I don't know. But I, I just felt like it was uh, very 
not special. It felt very similar to a lot of other music I've heard before. It just has a bit of uh, kind of that Krautrock synth pop vibe to it. And it was good, but it wasn't exceptional at it. And it's weird to have an album of that type be, uh, I guess, out now. Mm. And just to do just an okay job and not modernize it in any way, I don't think. Um, I do like some of the tracks, but I think, yeah. You don't get sellers about those ones. Never yeah. Forget it. Okay. All right. I'm going to go you next. Because you're wrong as well, so. Okay. It's also nothing like the horrors. Oh, come on. <laughs> nothing like the It's horrors. like the recent stuff. It's like not, the, not five, the album before that. Anyway, you can, you can have this argument later. Mm. Oh, Jesus. All right. <laughs> um, okay, I'm going to go next. So are you ready for me, Matt? Um, yeah. Yeah? Okay, shall I start? Yeah. Go. Okay. Go, go, go. go. So oh, this was the easiest question to answer, and it won't take me very long. By far the most surprising list top for me was 1,000 Gex by 100 Gex. The album didn't seem to be able to decide what type of music it wanted to be a terrible version of. <laughs> at times it was really bad pop pop music at times it was really bad dubstep then it was bad jazz then it was bad hip-hop there's even a few seconds in one of the songs where it managed to be bad metal it's a total fucking mess um the first time i listened to it i had to give the headphones to my girlfriend kirsten for a few seconds to check it was really happening <laughs> and that i wasn't dying um the song title I Need Help Immediately pretty much sums up how I felt <laughs> while listening to this total mess. But the song also is a perfect example of how irritating they are. Um, that song is then followed by a song that generally has the refrain, Stupid horse, I just fell out of the Porsche. I mean, what the fuck is that about? And to top it all off, we often make jokes on this podcast about music sound like, sounding like ringtones. And I was going to make that joke again, but I don't need to because they actually made a song called Ringtone and purposely tried to make it sound like a ringtone. Is that your alarm? It was no. one, one of the worst. I don't know what that was, but this was one of the worst albums I ever heard in 2019 and that sound was better than it. So, yeah. Okay. Are you done? I'm done. You have two seconds left. Terrible album. That's my two seconds. Right. Okay, Nick, are you ready? You can yeah. go. So, most, I mean, most surprised at the top of the album of the year list was 100 Gex. Mm. With 1,000 Gex. Which is, first of all, uh, incredibly irritating vocoder city. Just <laughs> obsessed with the fucking vocoder, which everybody knows on this, if you listen to this podcast, I cannot stand from day one. And in the first 10 seconds, you get that. And all the way through the fucking album, you get that, because none of them can sing, of course. The album it sounds like an extremely, and this is unfair on the album I'm going to reference, an extremely shit version of Sleigh Bells, um, which is desperately trying to sound like it's cool um, and fun, but actually is just idiotic. And I also put down simply, stupid horse, spare me from this song. <laughs> <laughs> oh my um, God, that song's the worst. Yeah, stupid horse is absolutely off the fucking charts as, as a terrible piece of non-music. Um, and also, I'll point out this album is twenty-three minutes long, which obviously I'm, I'm pleased about in the sense that it spared me from any more. <laughs> but I mean, what a lazy fucking album this is! What a lazy non-attempt to do anything decent with music this is. Thank you. 
Okay, you've just totally blown my mind that it's only 23 minutes long because it felt a lot longer than that yeah. every time I had to listen to I just, it. I just looked yeah. it up and it's 23 minutes in 10 songs. Oh man, it was they've torturous. Got, they've only got one I, song that's over three minutes. I didn't realise quite how short it was. It definitely didn't feel like that. It felt like weeks. Every time I listen to it, it's torture. I can't understand it. I don't understand anything is about it, I, it. Is it I fell off the stupid horse? Stupid horse, stupid horse, I just fell out of a Porsche. <laughs> yeah. What are you talking about? That's amazing. See, that's the one that would get stuck in my head and I didn't know why. Yes, but you know when you were saying that, it wasn't getting stuck in your head because you liked it, Matt. It wasn't, no. I promise you. It was getting stuck yeah, yeah. in your head because it's ridiculously yeah. irritating. The yeah. same as yeah. I used to walk around with, if I like it, if you liked it, then you should have put a ring on it in my head permanently. <laughs> I didn't, don't believe in marriage, so it wasn't about that. And... And at the time, I hated Beyonce. It, it's just irritating. <laughs> so sometimes, you know, stuff that gets stuck in your head doesn't mean it's it's in any way good music. Right. It's not good music. Yeah. Okay. And I don't know if anyone's into sleigh bells. Are they either of you? Yeah. Do I, I wrote down. Do you see the similarity in terms of this being a terrible, terrible version of that? I, I also wrote, wrote down uh, a shit sleigh bells. Oh, really? <laughs> in, yeah, in my notes. <laughs> Which question did you pick this for? The most 20, 2019, Matt, was it? Yeah. Yeah, I suppose it's 2019 just, was a shit show, so I can see where you're coming it's from. It's just mad, and it's, it does feel like some teens trolling me. Yeah. It's not even, like, and it's, one it's of those, not like, mad. We're it's... too old. Like, it's one of those, like, oh, we're just, we just don't get it, man, because we're too fucking old to understand how cool this music is. But they're just not young people. Shit. They're not young fuck people who are making it. It's... Are they not? They get no. the impression of being about 12. The people on the cover of the album, anyway, unless they were pictures of their grandparents, I don't know. They didn't <laughs> look that old. But, yeah, atrocious. Well, aren't they just facing into a bush? How do you, yeah, how I'm do looking you know? at the cover right now. You can't really tell. Maybe I saw a picture somewhere else. Hasn't it got that like, long grey hair on the cover, though? Hold on a minute. I'm an, I'm, now I'm they both, looking. They both have plon- blonde hair. Not grey. Oh, no, they are quite young. He's got long hair, but they are quite young. They anyway, were holding the Zimmer frames. Stands, the point stands that I think their response to this would be, you're just not cool enough to understand us because we're so young and you're so old, and that's just fucking bullshit. I'm fine like, with that. I'm fine. If they want to have that feeling, that's fine, because, yeah. you know... Stupid horse, I, mean, I just fell out of the Porsche. Especially in the context that Billie Eilish released an album this year, which is yeah. really good. Yeah. Like, this yeah. just shows what it is, just throw the towel in musically. Yeah, but who chose it as their number one? Was it um, the uh, New it York Times? The, it was one of the New York Times writers. They had all of their writers come up with separate. Um, he, he needs to get ones. sacked. He needs to get sacked yeah. tomorrow. One of the writers did that one. He needs a new job. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Cool. We have two albums <laughs> that didn't come up, which, um, yeah. okay, so we'll go, in, we'll oh, go yeah. in order and we'll talk about Wise Blood, Titanic Rising first, which was chosen mm-hmm. by Flood Magazine and a few others. Yes. Who wants to start us off? I'll go with that, that's fine. Okay. Um, okay. So for Wise Blood, it was also recommended to me by Tom, who's been on the podcast yeah, before. Yeah, it was. It's his, one of his albums of the year, so when he, when he was on a couple of sessions ago. Um, I thought um, that this was ultimately... Uh, just okay and that's why I didn't make any of the, num- the four questions we had before um, I think the biggest problem I had with it was that although it was well executed it was it never really surpassed the Carpenters which I think is an homage to it just sounds very much like it wants to be um, the Carpenters as a kind of smooth very beautiful chamber pop kind of um, experiment uh, and I like the singing through it I like the vocals through it but um generally usually very beautiful uh, but it never really grabbed me unfortunately it wasn't really didn't have enough sort of grit to actually get get under my skin as it were so 
Um, Movies was my favourite track on it. Um, and because of the, the string sections in it, I thought were a bit more quick and energetic and unusual. But generally, I thought it was a bit too smooth to actually grab me and therefore a bit disappointing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Matt? Yeah, I I have similar kind of feelings. I think the way everything built together, the music musically, it with her voice, it just felt like this big warm blanket that just got chucked over me. And sometimes that was very uh, smothering and obscured everything about what was actually going on. <laughs> um, I felt like uh, some of it was just a bit too much like uh, Father John Misty, which we talked about recently. Okay. Just kind of very kind of classical song structure with some piano and some singing. And I just generally that's not my jam. Um, but other times um, it worked. And so it, the uh, like kind of space beachy vibes of Andromeda are really, really cool. I just don't think those highlights were particularly common. Um, so it was pretty uneven. Okay. Um, so I just, yeah, I just, meh. I was expecting a lot more. Yeah, yeah. I was as well. Okay, well... You know those films when they want you to think it's the 1920s, so they put a woman in a ball gown and make her sing really boring songs in a bar while everyone pretends she's amazing? That, yeah. That, that was wise blood for me. Um, I strongly dislike this album. Right. Um, it's incredibly one note. It's so samey all the way through. Um, I have a really difficult time distinguishing the songs, and they've all got that same whiny, dramatic feeling. Um a kind of Titanic Rising was, you know, it kind of made me think that they would have, this would have worked on the movie Titanic. These were the kind of songs that would have been sung in that bar. And actually, <laughs> they, they were about as enjoyable as the Celine Dion nonsense from that film. Um, I'm a total and utter loss for this, why this album's received the buzz that it has. Uh, I, I don't even actually like her voice. Her voice is really annoying. So uh, I thought it was terrible. Yeah, what really about, bad. What about Andromeda? Not as bad as 100 Gex, though, eh? It wasn't as bad as Hundred Gex, but it would have been my next choice for the one I was most surprised to find. It was it was after mm-hmm. after that it was the worst album on here. Andromeda, I don't know, Matt, because it's every song sounded exactly the same. <laughs> um yeah, it was torturous again. Two really torturous albums on this list. Um wow. yeah. Sorry, Tom, if you're listening. But yeah. get better taste. <laughs> into his beer when yeah. he listens to this, yeah. Sorry, Tom. So I'm right. Um yeah, okay. So we have one left, which is Ari Lennox, Sheer Butter Baby, which was chosen by Associated Press. And um, I'll kick us off on this. Uh, so it's a difficult one for me in a way. Like I generally like the sounds of the album. Her voice is quite nice. The songs sound pleasant and enjoyable enough. But I think the content's in- incredibly banal, really. I think the songs about getting a new apartment and the stuff about FaceTime is just so empty sounding that I actually thought I must be missing something. So I went and did some research. I was kind of expecting to find a story. Do. I don't do it as much anymore, but you know, I was half expected to find a story about Annie Lennox talking about how she used to be homeless and that this album was about celebrating that she now had a house and that her life had turned around. And I thought there'd be some really good backstory that explained why this album would be at the top of anyone's album of the year list, but but there wasn't. There was no backstory. So it's a strange one for me. I mean, I didn't hate it. I kind of enjoyed listening to it if I ignored what she was saying. But for me, it was far too bland to be in a conversation about the best albums of 2019. By far. I mean, what a year of music it was, and, and this, and Wise Blood, and 
100 gex and yeah. involved in the conversation. Yeah, Shut up. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, we'll get to what we all think about the playlist shortly. But um, yeah, uh, who wants to go next on Ari Lennox? I'll, I'll go again on this, that's right. Yeah, go for it. Um, yeah. Yeah, so um, it's, it's so funny to say about the new apartment thing. I also concluded, and couldn't be bothered doing the research because I'm so lazy, <laughs> uh, that there was some incredibly profound backstory uh, to the new apartment. Uh, but as it is, she just got a new house, which is very yeah, nice. Yeah, she's got a new house and um, she's cleaned the floors. she got it from the royalties for releasing this album, you never know. Um, but if she did, uh, I'm a little bit disappointed, honestly. I thought there was something more to it going on. No. Um, I thought that, that um, I'm going to say something, that Franz is going to reach down the fucking phone now and punch me, but I thought vocally it sounded a little bit like Lauren Hill sometimes. Um, like have you really, ever heard Lauren Hill? I have actually, yes. Yeah. Um, That's because she just wants to be Lauren Hill. Yeah, and, and I'm not saying it's to that quality at all, but I, I did notice a little bit of a sort of lyrical similarity in some points. Uh, on, on particularly on Broke, as I say, on, this, on which I think is the second, third, second or third track, isn't it? Um, I thought uh, there was some really addictive parts of some of the songs, like some of the, say, the guitar work on uh, Shea Bar Baby, um, which is, you know, okay, but didn't really grab me hugely, but I thought it was all right. But generally, I would say I found it very dated and sounds very, found it very average, which is like what Fran was saying, I guess. It, it just seemed very okay you know like not, nothing to move me and, and certainly uh, again like Fran said uh, the idea that this could be somebody's best album of the entire year is mm. uh, blows my mind honestly yeah mm. bizarre yeah. Um, yeah Matt I can carry on with more of the same it's, it's <laughs> we're agreeing too much <laughs> it's it's a very conservative album considering that like the genre there's exciting things happening in like the neo soul R&B genre with exciting artists and this just feels not revolutionary not a step forward it feels very safe yeah um yeah, yeah it's not revitalizing the the style at all in any way it's very nice music i would happily if i had friends over put this on and put it in the background to create a mood but what kind of mood are you trying to create just <laughs> a very nice Warm evening in with Warm friends. Spot. Okay, yeah. Let me tell me more about this mood, Matt, because I'm intrigued by what mood you're trying to create with this. <laughs> yeah, and so I think you're more excited about the mood and the evening than uh, actually listening to what is in this album. Yeah, it's, this, it's mo- this mood sounds deep, good, but yeah. it's not. It's not deep. It was, yeah. Con- considering all that's going on, the yeah, it's not. It's not pushing the boundaries forward. No. I'm happy she got a new apartment though. I mean, that's that's great. It's yeah, great, yeah. Isn't it? congrats for everyone. Well done. Well done. I wish yeah. she'd been homeless first though. Wow. That's like really I thought. So I could understand. Is, no, I, not not for that. But just <laughs> so it would mean something to me. So I could understand why this song exists. Because you can just pretend that she. Was I nice. just got a new apartment. Apartment. I am going to clean the floors. It's pretty much what she says on the song over and over yeah, again. I'm just true. like, what is happening? That is true. What is happening? Yeah, yeah pretty. Sad. Everyone's gonna have goals. Crazy horse that just fell out of the Porsche and that together in the same place. <laughs> okay. Right. I, I'm trying to... Are we done? We are. We're done. Right. I'm trying to make so a decision here whether we talk about the playlist or whether we do our top threes and actually declare our album. Because I think it could be quite interesting to know what our album of the year is before we go on to talk about the playlist. What do you think? Are you happy with that? Well, we could give you the top sure. threes and then you can do the math. Yeah, give me, give me your top threes. Yeah, so sh- Shall I go first? Reverse order. Yeah. So in third place for me from this list was 
WH Long with Incidental Music. Uh, okay. In second place, Billie Eilish, um, long title, got, not going to say it because I can't remember it. Um, number one, obviously self-esteem, compliments please. So yeah, that was my top three. Yeah. Matt? I will, okay. Go oh, on. Nick, Nick. Go for it, Nick. Jump I in. I will go with um, third place, Billie Eilish with a very long title I can't be asked reading either. <laughs> um, second place, WH Long. What? And number one is Clipping. Okay. okay. Give me a minute, Matt, before you... I'll just make noises until... Yeah, now you yeah, can you speak. You can speak. In third place, narrowly, narrowly beating out 100 gigs. Self-esteem. Self-esteem. Second place is Brittany Howard. And first place is Billie Eilish with When We All Fall Asleep, Where Do We Go? So I think... Can you say that title again, yeah. please? When we all fall asleep, where do we go? Okay, so what that tells me is that... We haven't talked about the list yet. We're going to talk about the list in general before you announce yeah. being the big announcement. If you want. I mean, it's yeah, yeah. it's pretty obvious. Okay, Build up the tension. All right, let's do that. So why don't you start? What did you think of the list, Nick? I thought the list was generally pretty poor. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I don't know. If I'm, you know as a collection of, of albums, there was, some, there was some good stuff and some weaker stuff. But if you look at this as meant to be the picks of people who are really into music about the best stuff that they've heard in an entire 12-month period, uh, really, I picked those three. Um, there were only those three I picked that I, I would bother with, honestly. I, I don't think I'd go back to any of the others. So, um, and some of them, obviously, I outright hated. So... That's um that's kind of a sad situation to be in. I feel mm. like I was I was quite disappointed. Certainly, if I if I was to pick like a top, you know, five albums of the year from selections of stuff I've heard over the year, you know, this list would be very different. Yeah, yeah, Matt. Uh, yeah, I was also disappointed. I think a lot of the albums were of a genre without pushing that genre forward. I thought mm. that a lot of them were pretty safe. Mm. Um, I don't know if it's a symptom of the fact that we just did an album of the decade. Pop, uh, like playlist and mm. listen to a lot of really great music, or the fact that we've listened to a lot of the best music already, mm. um, and so haven't picked those. Yeah, because I suppose if we if we hadn't listened to Between Us, because just so the listeners know, all of the albums that are off from other places, we didn't know them at all. So I suppose if if we'd known That's not known what albums like Lizzo and albums like. Lana Del Rey and albums like Fontaine's that have been winning loads of lists, they might have been here. That would have improved yeah. the list, I suppose. I can see that. But that said, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, I mean, why are people picking these? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it was it was an absolutely atrocious list. Um, I don't think it was about the album of the decade thing, because we've done this album of the year three times now, and we've had really good albums. I've gone away with albums that I've, I've bought and I've, I've owned and I've carried on to listen to, and I've really fallen in love with, whereas with this, my third place, WH Lung, I probably won't listen to again. Um, so I have a list of nine. I might listen to WH Lung again one day, but I have a list of nine. My third favourite is one that I probably won't listen to again, which I think just kind of sums up what a poor list it was. Yeah. Which is a... so we apologise to all those people who thought yeah. long listen to this list. Yeah, so. It's a bit yeah, sad. Sorry. <laughs> but well, let's just, while we're here, let's just say 2019, right? Was such a good year for music. Fucking hell, oh, yeah. it was amazing. Yeah, absolutely amazing. Yeah, yeah. So many My good top albums. Ten is fantastic. Yeah, I mean, I could, I struggled. Like, there's so many albums I love this year, and and that's why this made me a little bit, a bit sad. But never mind. 
Okay, shall we move on to the big reveal of this wonderful list of albums? Yes. So our third favourite album, I'm going to say from this list, not of 2019, is W.H. Long. Okay. (laughs) Second place. He's like pain. He's literally pain. W.H. Long's Incidental Music. Second place, Self-Esteem with Compliments, Please. And first place, Billie Eilish with When We All Sleep, Where We Do We Go. Is that right? Yeah. So we so are. That means... 1975 album title. No, that's why I watch you when you sleep. That's I watch you when you sleep and then I creep on you or something like that. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. Yeah. But yeah, Billy Eilish, Billy Eilish is our album of the yeah. year, and I'm happy with that. I'm very happy with that. It means that's... I won. It does. Fran, your second. You just gave Matt the award. Fran. I'm, I'm a Nick, you know... Nick. Nick isn't even uh, ranked. I'm not on there at all. No, he isn't. Well, you're you just closed-minded fools, aren't you, in the end? What can I say? Yeah. yeah. I mean, on a list of albums that I didn't really like, Clipping managed sixth place, I think. <laughs> Ariana Grande yeah. beat it. Well, I know you're not really Clipping's... into words, are you, Fran? That's the problem, isn't it? Yeah, the, the, the English. <laughs> <right>? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. He doesn't really care about that stuff. Right, okay. So uh, that's our albums of 2019. Episode? Are we going to move on to talk about next time? We are, yes. Yeah. So we previously advertised the list of albums that we're about to advertise again as being our next episode, and then we decided we should move the albums of the year forward. So we'll tell you them again. I am going to be picking uh, two recent releases, which are Sampa the Great's The Return and uh, When I Say to You Black Lightning by Common Holly. And I have picked uh, two recent releases as well Chelsea Wolf's Birth of Violence and Liturgy's HAJJ. And I'm going to be hosting, so I'll be uh, picking the classic, which will be Chance the Rapper's Acid Rap. Um, and then I'll be introducing these guys to Metronomy with a playlist. Okay. Nice. Right, guys. Well, cool. thank you both Great. for putting up with that playlist for a moment. Um, well done. Yeah. Props to we you all. We did it. We put it's over. Unbelievable. It's over. Um, thank you, listeners, for listening. And please go and check us out at pickybees.com. Follow us on Twitter yes. at pickybastards. Am I missing anything? Facebook. Facebook at The Picky Bastards. And yeah, come and find us. Absolutely. Thank you very much. See you. All right, see you. Bye. Bye. Bye.